Hey, I'm Mike. And I'm Daniel. And we are Civil Youth, and you are listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. These are just emotions, coming through the motions, to make it seem like I'm the only one. This is my moment to break free, to love to tour and throw the key from whatever is holding me. Ladies and gentlemen, it is week two of the 2019 preseason, which means we get the reunion. It's Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, probably not on the field, but they'll get to see each other in Jacksonville. And to preview all things Eagles and Jaguars, I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend from Locked on Jaguars, Demetrius Harvey. How's it going, man? It's going great. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for hopping on. You know, we had to keep it in the family. Last year when the Eagles played the Jaguars in London, we had our, our buddy Zach Adal on, and he's moved on to uh, start covering the Florida Gators, and we all miss Zach dearly. Um, but we had to keep it in the Locked On Jaguars family, so thanks for taking time out of your schedule to jump on. I appreciate it, man. No problem. So obviously the biggest headline with this game is going to be Nick Foles and him playing against his former team, but it came out today that he's probably not going to play in this game, but uh, you're around the team a lot. How has Nick Foles uh, looked with his new team? wearing that number seven, and uh, what's kind of the vibe around the Jaguars so far through uh, now the final day of, uh, of training camp? Well, I mean, at least from the Jaguars' perspective, pretty much he's everything they've wanted and more. I mean, from a leadership perspective, from, you know, taking control of the huddle, making all the passes, everything in training camp he's shown, you know, he's able to do it. We just haven't seen him in a game yet. Yeah, I mean, he's an absolute legend here for numerous reasons, um, and he's got all of us Eagles fans in his feels because he sat down uh, with a local Philly reporter, Derek Gunn, today from NBC Sports Philadelphia, and, you know, he asked him why the number changed, and he said, you know, nine stays in Philly, that number is for there, so that's why he switched to seven, but, uh, you know, just just a few tears were shed when uh, <laughs> when that was read and everything, but... Uh, outside of Nick Foles, you know, this Jaguars team took a, a big step back last year uh, from where they were in 2017, one game away from playing against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Uh, they regressed a lot. What's kind of been the message for this team to get back on track and to, you know, realize the talent that they have because this, the, that defense in 2017 was stellar. Uh, mm-hmm. There's plenty of offensive weapons now for Nick Foles to, you know, throw to, to hand the ball off to. Uh, what's kind of been the vibe around the team to get back on track and to get back to where they were in 2017? Honestly, uh, from the Jaguars' perspective, they they keep harping on the injuries or you know not getting injured at all. I mean, obviously they're they're gonna end up seeing all the starters this next game. Probably not gonna see Nick Foles or many of the Jaguars starters. It's really all about getting healthy because last year they had, I believe. You know, for the first eight weeks of the season, at least five different starters went down with injuries. Uh, the offensive line was beat up. Everything was, you know, taking a downturn. So this this offseason, they kind of reversed it. They went to, you know, lesser schedule on practice and less game time. Uh, they brought in Chris Conley. He should help Nick Foles a lot. They're hoping for Leonard Fournette to get back on track. Uh, pretty much all about health. Yeah, you, know, you talk about Leonard Fournette and 
This seems to be kind of his his last straw with this team from the outside looking in. You know, last year, the injury issues, the the off-the-field issues, uh, and then the Jaguars went and drafted one of my favorite players in the draft because I got to cover him as a high school athlete, Raquel Armstead. Uh, What have you gotten to see from him this this preseason and kind of just what he's been able to add to this Jaguars backfield in terms of what Leonard Fournette really isn't privy to doing and I think Raquel will bring to the passing game, and that's catching balls out of the backfield. Oh, man. He's been – honestly, he might be the – I'm not going to say the best back, but he's been probably one of the more consistent backs, especially in uh, in training camp. He's been explosive, elusive, powerful. He's pretty much Leonard Fournette Jr. You know, they drafted him. Obviously, they saw the connection between him and Leonard Fournette and how they're both power backs. They love that type of back. So, you know, he's been great so far and that warms my heart and everybody here uh because you know we want to see our local guys succeed and you know when we saw he got drafted by the jaguars we were like wow he ended up in a really (laughs) ideal situation for him yep um yeah the the pass catchers on this jaguars team though are what intrigued me there's so much kind of untapped talent with these wide receivers um what do they kind of have to do to just be consistent you know Across the board, Marquise Lee now coming off of injury, coming back this year, um, mm-hmm. is the most notable in my opinion. And then obviously D.D. Westbrook, kind of that explosive, get-down-the-field type receiver. But to get these guys on the same page and now to have a solidified quarterback too, is that going to help this wide receiver core kind of take that next step where a lot of people expect them to be? Oh, it's already showing. Honestly, after uh... – after Blake Borders left, pretty much Nick Foles came in. Everybody was down on the Jaguars wide receivers. You go into practice, all of a sudden the Jaguars wide receivers are good. You know, uh, that's pretty much how it's always been. Blake Borders just couldn't get the job done. Nick Foles comes in. People like D.D. Westbrook are showing exactly, you know, why he got drafted, why he won the Blitnikoff Award in college. You got people like D.J. Chark turning it on in his second year. Uh, unfortunately for Lee, he might not play, you know, the first six games because he'll probably still be on pup. But otherwise, all the receivers seem to be uh, elevated just strictly because of Nick Foles or just a new quarterback in general. Yeah, I really like DJ Shark. You know, Zach always talks about him, and I was like, all right, let me look into this guy. And I think he has a, a real potential to be, you know, that Alshon Jeffrey type for Nick Foles where he can just kind of lob it up to him and know that he's going to go up and get it. Yep, exactly. Especially in the red zone, he's going to be able to. He's going to make all those fade route catches easily. Um, the speed down the field is really what gets him too. He's going to be, you know, I think he ran a four three forty at the combine year coming out, and uh, he's just blazing fast. It's going to be perfect for Foles in the in the deep passing game. Yeah, I'm excited to see that connection once the regular season gets here. But uh, you know, we talked about last year with the the off the field issues and kind of some you know dysfunction with the Jaguars. Uh, how has Jalen Ramsey been? You know, he's kind of the topic of conversation <laughs> with this team. Pulls up yeah. in the Brinks truck. Um, you know, is he going to be a season-long distraction for this team, or is he going to kind of just strap up, go out there and play, and just see what happens when it comes to his contract situation? Yeah, he's always been a guy that during the off season he'll make some noise. You know, he'll tweet out something. He'll go on a podcast. He'll you know, say something in the media, but once once the lights go on, once the season starts, he's always been, you know, pro- a professional on the field. He's done his job, gets out of there, 
no one really hears a peep. He doesn't even really talk to the media that often. Just does his job and gets it done. And once the contract situation happens, probably next season or the season after, uh, then that's when stuff will get you know start to get going. Yeah, you know, you talk about him going on a podcast. He went on the bussing with the boys with uh, Taylor the One, and he comes out and says, you know, yeah, I'd like to play for the Titans <laughs> or the Raiders. You know, as, as someone who covers the Jaguars and is around Jaguars fans, I'm sure that had to upset a bunch of people hearing that he wants to go play for a division rival, allegedly. Oh, yeah. People were so mad that I even uh, that I even wrote that article or even promoted that podcast. I mean, but you have to write it and, you know, right. as soon as it comes out. Um, Jaguar fans are not uh, – I mean – they know that he's from Tennessee, so it's not a big surprise that he would want to play for the Titans. Mm-hmm. But just to hear him say it, you know, is probably what hurts him the most. I mean, and then the Las Vegas one was kind of a random. No one really expected that. Wants to go play with AB. They want to. They want to share helmets. <laughs> <laughs> that situation's insane. Oh my god. Um, yeah. But, you know, looking at this Jaguars defense, too, let's let's look at them because in 2017 they were arguably the best defense in the league. And, you know, they took a step backwards last year, injuries involved as well. Um, you know, what's kind of been done to patch up those holes, get these guys healthy, and, you know, fill in some, some key spots that were lost because, you know, the Eagles gobbled up one of your guys that was benched last year, Malik Jackson, but in 2017 he was a, a big piece to that defensive line. Um, what's kind of been the, the M.O. of this defense now to get back on track uh, and get back to kind of that smash-mouth type of defense that they were playing when they were at the top of their game? Yeah, well, firstly, they uh, they went out and drafted, of course, Josh Allen, seventh overall. You know, he got 17 sacks last season. He comes in here, re- basically replaces Dante Fowler Jr., who was mm-hmm. really wishy-washy anyways. Um, they expect him to come in and pretty much be – Yannick Ngakwe Jr., you know, off the off the edge. Um, they expect Calais Campbell to return to form, you know, still have the same amount of production. He had ten and a half sacks, I believe, last season. They expect that to be the same consistent level. Um, with Malik Jackson, they, they liked him a lot, but I think his, you know, inability in the run game kind of frustrated them. They drafted Taven Bryan. You know, he had a big contract. It just wasn't working out for probably either side, so they had to let him go. But the Eagles got a great guy, Malik Jackson. He's probably one of the uh, most respected Jaguars, and you know, for the past couple of years at least. Yeah, I was gonna say, give our our Eagles listeners kind of an idea of what we're getting in Malik Jackson because we saw him a little bit uh, in preseason game number one, but you know, he's coming into a new situation, going next to one of the best defensive tackles in the league, in Fletcher Cox. What should we expect from Malik Jackson? Uh, you know, coming to this Eagles team, being on a defensive line that has won a Super Bowl recently and has three of the four, uh, well, actually four of the four because Tim Jernigan came back, being on a a championship-caliber defensive line, what's he going to add to this Eagles pass rush? Oh, firstly, being next to Fletcher Cox, that's a deadly combo. That's already going to be almost unstoppable, and then obviously the Eagles' defensive line is good, so... You know, just get in the backfield, causing penetration. And, I mean, in 2017, he was better against the run than he was in 18. I'm not sure what happened. I think he lost a little weight. I don't know if he gained it back. I haven't necessarily followed him to the Eagles. But 
um, he's going to at least provide pass rush if you guys even need it anymore. <laughs> and, I mean, he seems like a big team guy, too. You know, very team-oriented, very, you know, not about himself, wants what's best for the team. Is that accurate in what, uh, you know, he is kind of just as a person? Oh, yeah. He's a leader. He's a leader in the locker room. He, uh, he'll he hype up his guys. I remember uh, back in 2017 when Jaguars won that first playoff game, um, he was hyping up Blake Bortles the entire time. He was saying, you know, you know, don't talk smack about Blake Bortles, whatever. And then, yeah, it was great, man. So he's going to be a leader in the locker room. Uh, he'll talk trash to the opponents, too. He's probably one of the biggest trash talkers or was one of the biggest trash talkers on the Jaguars during that season. So, you know, he's going to get in their face and, you know, cause some havoc for sure. And, you know, the, the quarterback that's mostly going to see time in this game for the Eagles is a former Jaguar. It's not Blake Bortles. Uh, it's Cody Kessler. <laughs> Uh, he's with the Jags last year. Didn't look particularly great in week one for the Eagles against the Titans. He did get a little banged up. But um, with Nate Sudfeld's injury uh, happening and, you know, him going down probably out the first three weeks of the regular season, is Cody Kessler a guy that, you know, obviously he's not Nick Foles in terms of a backup, but is he somebody that Eagles fans should be, you know, at least okay with knowing that he's going to be the backup to Carson Wentz? Ah, it really depends. I mean, with the Jaguars, you know, Jaguars fans were really excited because it wasn't Blake Bortles that was coming in. But once Kessler came in, it was like, okay, well, this is probably just as bad. But I think with the Eagles, they have a better supporting cast, a way better offensive line. I think he can at least be a dependable game manager for the time being until Sudfeld can come back. But um, I wouldn't expect very much out of him, at least in the interim. Yeah, I mean, he's he's that stereotypical backup that his, he's been in the league, has won a few games, but you're not wanting him to be in a game where if Nick Foles was coming in a game as a backup, you're, you're sitting pretty and feeling pretty okay about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with this Jaguars team, though, as we head into preseason week two, uh, what are some things that, you know, Jaguars fans and you guys down in Jacksonville picked up from preseason week number one that you're looking to kind of see improvements from in this game against the Eagles and kind of see a little bit more uh, versatility from some of these guys that are fighting for roster spots? Right. I mean, last week against the Ravens, the Jaguars offensive line, none of the starters played, but it just was not acceptable. I mean, I think um, Coach Marone talked about it. He was saying how the depth wasn't as good as he thought. Uh, definitely, they need to see you know what they have out of the offensive line. That that's probably priority number one. You know, priority no- number two is probably seeing a little bit more out of the receivers. Terrell Pryor should be playing this week. Um, another running back, Thomas Rawls, should be playing. Uh, pretty much the offense, the defense, they pretty much have settled. Yeah. So. When you look at those kind of depth pieces, and you know, we talked about the running backs especially, and, uh, you know, Ryquell got a little banged up as well in week one, so hopefully that won't linger too long. But with a guy like Thomas Rawls, who's been in this league, uh, you know, for a few years now with the Seahawks, obviously, uh, and he was with the Jets last year, I believe, but um, a guy like that fighting for a roster spot, what's something you want to see from him to potentially come in here? make that running back room that much deeper and knowing that your third string guy was a former starter. Right. 
Yeah, Thomas Rawls is is interesting because before the Jaguars had Benny Cunningham on the on the team, they had a couple other running backs. All those running backs got hurt and now are pretty much off the roster. So it's pretty much a battle between him and then a first-year player, Devontae Mays. So what you want out of him is just to see consistency. Pretty much go in there, get a few yards, catch a few passes, don't fumble the ball, just do what you're supposed to do as a pro. Um, I don't think the Jaguars are expecting much out of him because they have Alfred Blue and Rykel Armstead, but that that is something to watch. And then this whole Cam Robinson situation, uh, let's get your perspective on that. You know, he was on the pump mm-hmm. list, gets activated kind of abruptly. Uh, what's kind of the situation going on with him and how's his injury situation been? That was a strange situation because on Saturday we were talking to Doug and he was, you know, he sounded like somebody killed his dog or something. You know, he was really sad. Like, he was not happy at all. He was saying, you know, Cam and Lee, you know, they're not ready, whatever. It's just not going to happen. And then all of a sudden on Monday, he gets to the press conference and he's like, all right, Cam's off pup and he's going to be practicing. And a lot of Jaguar fans actually believe that, you know, it's kind of like a conspiracy theory, but a lot of fans believe that, the video that was released by one of the defensive players, it showed Cam Robinson standing on a chair or two chairs, like one leg on each chair, just like in the locker room, you know, jumping around and everything. And they're like, all right, why are you not playing? And then literally a day later, he's off pup. So, but pretty much what they expect out of him, he's been doing some individual, they hope to get him back by week one. If not, then, you know, sometime soon. And another former Eagle that's on this uh, this Jacksonville Jaguars roster is linebacker Najee Good. Uh, mm-hmm. How has he looked, you know, through training camp and in the preseason, trying to fight to make this roster as a you know depth linebacker, special teams player? He's been solid, actually. Um, Doug Marone has talked a lot about him. Right now, he's replacing Quincy Williams, who was our weak side linebacker we drafted him this year, but. Um, the issue with him is that he hurt his knee, so Najee Good had to come in, and then, but now he's playing pretty well. He can play all three linebacker mm-hmm. spots. Um, they're probably going to look to use him a lot this season just to see what they got. Yeah, he's definitely a guy that you know, even though he's not you know this standout linebacker, uh, like you said, he can fill in at all three spots. He's a very good versatile depth uh linebacker can play a lot of special teams plays well on special teams and uh you know he's part of that eagle super bowl team so i mean he he contributed in a lot of ways and love Najee good so if you do run into him at practice or something uh let him know i said what's up but uh (laughs) looking at these these corners too we talked about jalen ramsey you have aj Mm -hmm. bouye you got dj hayden down there now as well um Mm -hmm. this cornerback group seems to be poised for a very big season uh, just on talent alone, obviously, with the two starters, but then to add DJ Hayden, and I, a guy that I, I like in Savion Smith, uh, what can you tell me about this corner room that is going to you know, translate into the turnovers that this Jaguars team, I think, lacked a lot compared to 2017? Right. Well, Jalen Ramsey is obvious. He's just a pure shutdown corner. He'll take off a half of the field, similar to how Revis did, or he can at least. Uh, Boye is interesting because... Last season, or in 2017, he was great. He was a, uh, I think he was a second team All Pro. He, I know he's a Pro Bowler, but then all of a sudden in 2018, injuries happened and mm-hmm. he kind of fell off. He wasn't doing as well. 
So as long as he can stay up to par, then that will be great for the Jaguars. DJ Hayden came in. He had a few injuries last year, too. But when he did play, he was able to, you know, show why he was paid that much money. I think seven year or seven million per year. And then obviously you talked about Savion Smith. He's been doing all right in in training camp. I'm not sure if he's going to make the roster, but you know the two guys that they're really taking a look at is Quentin Meeks and Trey Herndon. Those are the two guys that are mainly going to get the most play in the preseason game this this week too. Good to know, good to know. I'll send that to mm-hmm. my people and let them know that your people sent them my way. <laughs> um, but I think the most notable guy that's gotten a lot of you know publicity and hype around him, rightfully so, outside of Jalen Ramsey, is, uh, we talked about him a little bit, Yannick Ngakwe. Just mm-hmm. tell me about how lethal this guy is and just what an absolute beast he is for this defensive line and just to kind of be a big anchor on this defense, uh, you know, this defensive front for the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. From the Jaguars' perspective, he's been fantastic. He's been pretty much anything you could hope for in a third-round pick and, and way, way more. Uh, I don't even know how he fell to the third round now that you're looking at his career. Uh, basically, he's been the catalyst for the pass rush. If, if if he goes down, or you know, in the past, if, if he went down, then so did the pass rush, even with Clayus Campbell on that side. He's been causing forced fumbles. He's been uh, hitting the quarterback. I think last season he led the NFL in, in QB hits, uh, so he's he's definitely a lethal. Yeah, he's he's one of my favorite players to watch, and I think you know mm-hmm. a lot more people this season are going to take notice and see what type of player he really is, and he's really going to solidify himself as you know a top ten talent overall, just as a defensive player, not just on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and and one of the big things about our big storylines this offseason obviously has been his contract situation uh, around the Jaguars, and they seem to have, you know, the two sides seem to not be talking right now. The contract's probably not going to get done before this, or it's definitely not going to get done before the season, I would say, and um, they're just going to hope to either franchise tag him or, you know, get him done before that deadline. Yeah, and uh, I know you put an article out today on Locked on Jaguars, too, breaking down, you know, five things from training camp uh, from day 15, and I think it's it's very coincidental that the Jaguars had a fight in practice, the Eagles have had a couple fights in practice this week, the boys are getting tough, and they're getting out there after each other to get ready for this game. Um, you know, it was Chris Conley and Jalen Ramsey, Who's, who's surprised that Jalen Ramsey's in the middle of, you know, some controversy. But, um, you know, you wrote that it was it was quickly separated. But to just see that these guys are getting after it in a training camp setting, I think, is a positive thing. Oh, yeah. It was brutally hot out there. Uh, all the media guys were complaining. I'm sure the players aren't liking it. And after a while, frustrations, you know, boil over. You know, it's just a – just. One of those scuffles that happened at like at the end of practice when people are already frustrated. The the offense had already had a bad day to begin with, so it wasn't a surprise. And then uh, another guy you wrote about in your article today too is Andrew Wingard. Uh, tell me a little bit about him and uh, what Eagles fans should expect from him because it looks like he's going to be playing a lot on uh, Thursday night. Oh yeah, Andrew Wingard's an interesting character. Uh, he went to Wyoming, had the most tackles out of any draft-eligible player this year, and yet went undrafted. Uh, throughout training camp, he's shown you know he can be reliable, dependable at the safety position, causing PBUs, you know, 
tackling, you know, as much as they tackle in training camp. Uh, I actually had an opportunity to chat with him, and he just seems like a really hungry guy. He's going to go after it. He has nothing to lose. Um, so he's definitely one to watch. He, he might be starting this game, depending on who they play. And, you know, that leads me into uh, my next question. Obviously, with tr- uh, you know preseason and everything, we're not looking at wins and losses yet, and they don't matter whatsoever. Um, but who are some players, in your opinion, from the Jaguars that Eagles fans should be keeping an eye on to, you know, really just pinpoint what some of our guys should be trying to exploit uh, as they fight for these roster spots? Um, if they're trying to exploit anybody, or it's the, it's definitely the Jaguars' offensive line. Uh, they're probably going to start Lester or Leonard Wester at left tackle. They'll start Will Richardson maybe at right tackle, depending on, on what they do there, uh, or Cedric Aboye. Pretty much just attack the offensive line. The defensive linemen are going to be able to make heyday on them, so it's it's going to be pretty simple. Um, in the on the defensive side of the ball for the Jaguars, you know, attack the corners. I guess a, a wide receiver is going to be able to make a make a play or two. They're pretty weak at the safety position, even with you know Wingard and the people I've already talked about. They still have to find you know, some good starters, cover men on back there and then uh just some players that you personally from a jaguars perspective are looking at to uh you know take that next step and really solidify their their chances at making this 53-man roster yeah i mean terrell pry already talked about he's a guy that's been amazing during training camp you know going deep i think he ran a 4-340 at the combine when he got drafted a long time ago uh he's been everything they could have wanted out of a guy that they just signed basically for the veteran minimum. So whatever we can see out there from him, I'm sure the Jaguars will be happy. Good old Terrell Pryor. Yep. It's crazy to think that he's still in the league. I know. Started, <laughs> as, a, started as a quarterback, goes to wide receiver. Uh, it never gets old. Um, nope. But, I mean, Thursday night, Eagles-Jaguars. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of emotion, especially for Eagles fans seeing Nick Foles in a different uniform for the first time. But, uh, Demetrius, really appreciate you hopping on the show this week. Let everybody know where they can follow you on social media and everything and read all your uh, your articles and get all that good Jaguars information. I appreciate you having me. You, you guys can follow me uh, on Twitter at, at Demetrius82. And then if you want to check out some of my stuff, go to LockedOnJaguars.com. We do a podcast there as well. I don't run the podcast, but... Other people do. It's great. Check it out. That's pretty much it. And shout out to our buddy, Zach Adal. We miss you dearly. R.I.P. Um, but thanks again for jumping on this week, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Eagles, Jaguars, Thursday night down in Jacksonville. And uh, hopefully the Eagles get their first win in the preseason because that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Shout out to my man, Demetrius Harvey, from the Locked on Jaguars Uh network you know they do a lot of great stuff over there we keep it in-house and uh because Zach Adal was on last year Demetrius this year and this game's going to be really emotional for us Eagles fans with Nick Foles uh quarterback in the way for the Jaguars even though he's not playing but we're going to see him in a different uniform and you know him coming out this week saying number nine stays in Philly uh that number is for that city we love you Nick Foles so uh it's going to be a fun one Thursday night Eagles Jaguars down in Florida and uh you can always 
catch all that info from us on Twitter at Underground PHI. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Shout out to the old AOL Instant Messenger. And then obviously, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know who you're looking to keep an eye on from the Eagles' perspective of things in this game to make the 53-man roster. You obviously know if you follow me, I love Mark and Michelle. He's my guy right now to make the team. So leave that in the Apple Podcast reviews and only leave those five stars because we have standards and it'll make Demetrius really happy. Uh, And then if you haven't already, upgrade your phone. But if you haven't, we're on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, you can subscribe to us there. And like I said, follow us on the Twitters at UndergroundPHI. But this has been Season 2, Episode 2 of Eagles Enemies right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Demetrius, I'm Kyle. We are signing off. Peace.